This is Better Business Coach, session number 25. This is the Better Business Coach Podcast, your source for critical sales training, proven education, and actionable worksheets, all downloadable for immediate use. We work hard so you don't have to. Now your host, the rapid growth guy himself, Matthew Pollard. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Better Business Coach. My name is Matthew Pollard, and as always, I am your rapid growth guy. I have with me for part two, Judy Robinette, and we're having a wonderful conversation about networking, the importance of networking. And for those that missed the first episode, I'd suggest you really go back and listen to that. She's the author of How to Be a Power Connector, and it's a best-selling book, guys, so she's got so much value to offer. Judy, so welcome back to part two. Thank you. So, look, let's get straight back into the content because otherwise I feel, look, just knowing the phone call that we had when we first met, it went from 20 minutes to nearly an hour and a half. So (laughs) let's see if we can really just action pack this full of information for people. So the next question I'd really like to ask you is that networking is important. I mean, everybody knows that networking is important and it's been important for the longest period of time. Everyone knows it's, it's who you know that knows what you know that's important. But why is this changing? Why is it becoming more important even now? You know, I think it's becoming more important because we have more access to people. It's easy now to connect with anyone on LinkedIn or Twitter. The world has really opened up. I mean, just like crowdfunding has democratized capital, so people are connecting more and more. An old school network was who you knew and what you knew, uh, but new school is who knows you because your reputation capital is now absolutely critical. And I think part of this is because of all the financial mess on on Wall Street. So people are, are much more cautious. So it, it is important. And, and it's always been the unwritten rule of success of how high you go. And study after study shows your net work equals your net worth. And, you know, everyone on this call, write that down. It's absolutely critical. That's great advice. And look, people very much underestimate that because everybody thinks that if I work hard, And if I continue through my path, eventually somebody will notice me. And that's just not the truth anymore, is it? No, that's a fairy tale. I mean, I did that. And uh, uh, you you hit the wall and then you wonder, why are people noticing me? And, And it's because you weren't anywhere people could notice you. You didn't make yourself available. You didn't get in the right room, as we talked about last time. And, and the reason it's so important, Matthew, is every resource is attached to a human being. People write the checks. People know about the deals. People have the opportunities and know about people who need to be coached. And so you, you have to have relationships with the right people that can help you. If you just have relationships with your friends and family and people who are just like you, then you're probably hitting the wall trying to find clients. Anthony Robbins talks about this frequently, that you have the same value and vision and views as the five people that you spend your most time with. Is that something that you believe in as well? Or are you suggesting that if you've got a large enough network, that that doesn't matter as much? You know, I, th- I think it really is true to a, a, a certain level. Um, and, and what happens is when you have people that are bigger thinkers and they make more money and are at different levels, it makes you think, oh my gosh, I mean, how many times have you met somebody that was 
had a lot more money than you, and you looked at them and you thought, you know, they're not any smarter than me. What on earth happened here? And so it makes you get out of your comfort zone and think about a different business model. And certainly having, you know, my book is the 55150, and I talk about how critical that 50 circle is beyond your friends and family and work colleagues. Because if, if those people are diverse, like, you know, I know Rosie Rios at the U.S. Treasurer. I know people at, at Draper VC. I know Tim Draper. If I have people that are across different industries, I could pick up the phone and I have access to information to whatever it is I need. And so I tell people, you know, even if you're in a smaller community, I mean, I, I at one point lived in Twin Falls, Idaho, population 30,000, and I was vice president of a hospital uh, I wrote just a small column for the local newspaper, which was, you know, no big deal. But my neighbor was a senator. So having access to the media, having access to the political power, to these different organizations, I found out, you know, how important that was. I could make things happen really easily. Judy, if we were going to look at it, and let's, let's get back to basics, because a lot of these people that we're speaking to may have great connections, but a lot of people also won't. What would you suggest is the one thing that they can really do to propel their career forward uh, with with networking and and getting to really get out there and get known? So the one thing that I advise people to do is to write down the network you already have. So on average, we know 632 people, and I don't want you to write those down. I just want you to go out to, to 100 and write down the people that you already have in your network. And what happens, research shows that if you do that, you start seeing obvious connections you could make, introductions for people, but you also see holes that you can fill. But when you write them down, the one thing that, that I'll tell you, the biggest mistake is you know, people don't use the network they already have. And I'll give you an example. My book agent, who I'd only known for six months, Wendy, called me one day and she said, Judy, I'm going to introduce you to Mike Muni. He's the, the father of the CRM industry. He's the co-founder of Axe Software. He built and sold that software for $48 million. He now has an app called Viper that's free on iPhones, and I think there may be some connection with you two. So he flew to Salt Lake, and we got together for lunch, and I talked to him, and I said, you know, I've never even heard of this app. You know, what, what have you been doing for marketing? And he told me, and he said, he looked really sad, and he goes, oh, if I could just get an article in Success Magazine. I said, Mike, when you go home, you pick up the phone call, Wendy, who you've known for six years, whose friend is Darren Hardy, who's the publisher of Success Magazine. And he literally almost fell off his chair. And I can tell you that this happens every week to me. I will meet with people, and they don't realize that the resources, the answers they have are already in their network, because guess what? They've not sat down with those people and said, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm trying to do. Number one, what other ideas do you have for me? Number two, who else do you know I should talk to? I think it also comes down to be real with people because, you know, when you and I spoke, you told me what you were struggling with and that allowed me to help you. And yes. as a result, you got a benefit. And then I told you what I was struggling with and you were able to help me. However, most people want to give their resume, even to their best friends. They want to tell them everything that's working and everything that's going well, but they don't mention what they're struggling with and where they're looking for help. And you are exactly right. I get a lot of assistance from some of my very best friends and some of my very closest networks. And it's really just because I make it very obvious what I'm doing well. However, I also make it very clear and probably more clear what I could use help with. Yeah, absolutely. And the more vulnerable you are, the more people love you. 
And, and it's really true. I mean, if you think about it, then you, you want to help. I mean, we normally want to help people. And why wouldn't I help Matthew or, or somebody else who calls me? I mean, when, when I read your article, I went, good grief, this is a smart dude. I need to reach out and just tell him thanks. And, and really, that's what I did. I think I put in there that I'd love to talk if you had time. But, you know, you didn't have to say you could talk to me. But if you, if you approach people and you're authentic and you're real, uh, that just opens doors. That's completely true. And it's funny, I get a lot of people that will send me emails and thank me for things that I've done. And this podcast, I've, I've been inundated with emails. However, anybody that asks to talk to me or anyone that asks a question, I always want to respond because those are the people that are really saying that they value what I have to offer and they need help. And so many other people, will they won't ask questions and they won't ask for help because they want people to believe that they're perfect. I mean, we all know that nobody's perfect and I've got my own faults and I've got my own things that I'm struggling with yet I'm still offering assistance. And everybody needs to be able to believe that they're allowed to share that. They don't have to show that unbreakable force field that shows them as the perfect person. Yeah. You know, I have people reach out to me and they go, oh, I'm so shocked. You know, you're this, this, you know, they think I'm a famous author and that, that I took their call. Well, of course I took the call. I mean, I wrote the book to help people. And you know, I get emails from people around the world. I got one from a young man in Nigeria, and he said by the time he got to Chapter 3, he got his company funded. I mean, I literally stood up and did the happy dance in the, in the home office. I was so excited because my goal is to, I mean, why would you take all the time and effort to do a book unless you wanted to help people? So, yes, I agree. I remember when we talked about that. It's great when it gets to a point where it becomes about helping people and your greatest excitement comes from the fact that somebody else achieves success and yet people won't make contact and won't ask for help and won't give you feedback because they feel that they're actually intruding when really as an author like yourself you're in a silo you know you don't know any of the successes or any of the struggles of any of your readers unless they call you and unless they make contact and you actually really want to hear that yeah yeah and it it's validation from the market and i do want to hear it and i want to hear what else i mean now i have people writing to me saying you need to do book two and and you know people will reach out to me on the book and and i'll tell you i got brave and i started asking people would you kindly consider writing a short authentic book review I now have close to 200 book reviews on Amazon because I asked people because I wanted to get the word out. I think it's all about being real and being personable. I've got a book that I'm putting together at the moment, and for people that have read it, I tell this story in one of the early chapters about when I was 18, and I, I just got my first car, and I put an amplifier in the car because I wanted to be one of those crazy people that played loud tunes in my vehicle. And I forgot to put a fuse in because I asked a friend's help, and they said that they knew what they were doing. 15 <laughs> minutes down the road, I set fire to my entire car. I set fire to all of my electricals. And you know what? It's that story that people say it made me personable and it made me real because people that just show this perfection barrier, people don't feel like they can relate to you because they know they have imperfections and therefore they feel they can't relate with you. Yeah, yeah. You just have to be real. Let's move into what some of the biggest mistakes are that I guess people make when they're networking and how they could avoid those so that they get best effects out of their networking. You know, we've hit on a lot of them. You know, number one is make sure that you use the network that you already have. That one's absolutely critical. The second one is really think hard about your assumptions and your beliefs about networking. I mean, when you realize that your network equals your net worth, then you, you have to rethink your assumptions. And, and these usually, I mean, mine, mine were that, 
you know, I grew up shy. Who would want to talk to me? I, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't go to Harvard. You know, I wasn't that cute. So I had all of this crap going around in my head. So you have to, like, think about the assumptions you have and readjust those that people out there will help you if you ask, that they are kind. Most people do want to help you. And then make sure that you, you know, you put your foot down on fear and that you just take tiny steps. Uh, the other one, and we talked about it in the last session a lot, was make sure that you get in the right room and that you focus on people who can and will help you. You have quality relationships and, and realize quality doesn't, quality trumps quantity every time. It doesn't take gazillions of people on LinkedIn or Facebook. You want people who truly will have your back and have your future. And, you know, I talked about a robust network. People, if you pick up the phone, they'll return your call. You know, I can introduce people now and I don't even tell them who the other per anything about each other. And they'll say, if Judy introduced me, I know I need to talk to you. And that's the kind of, of network that you want. And if you just take small baby steps, Oprah had a campaign last year that said, just to say hello. And you find out if you just take a few small actions that you can increase your network and find people that will add quality and help you get to your goals. So I have just a very simple formula, and it is quality relationships plus strategy to your specific goal. And this is why I call it strategic networking. Instead of just acquiring thousands of people on Facebook or LinkedIn, you have people that really can help you get to your goal. That's great advice. And when I grew up, I was very similar to you. I was very introverted myself. And even my best friends, I struggled to communicate with and share my own personal thoughts and feelings with. And that was something I had to grow out of. But as I grew out of it, what I realized was a lot of these people were very negative and actually tried to pull me down every time I got success. And yes. so it's very important. And, you know, in America, you had the analogy, crabs in a bucket. Every time somebody starts to achieve, it makes people <laughs> feel worse about themselves and they want to pull you down. And what was funny is I changed a lot of my friends. And that was my choice because what I found was that I was never going to get where I wanted to go while having people pull me down. Now, I'm not saying that people should transition their friends out if they feel that they're not offering them value that can advance them. However, if they're not promoting you and not making you feel good about yourself or trying to pull you back into the bucket, well, then maybe you need to look at it. And when I transition friends, I mean, I've now got a, a friend called Paul Micarelli and shout out to him because he's a great guy, but it's, he's one of those guys that you'll call and he's just genuinely interested in anything you say. So anytime I'm down or anytime something goes wrong, I'll give him a call and it's like he finds it his duty to remind me that I'm awesome. And yes. he wants to tell me, and he won't get off the phone until I say, all right, mate, yeah, I, I get it. I'm awesome. I'll get back to work. Okay. <laughs> That's wonderful. And Good for Paul. Look, you've got to have friends like that. I've got different groups of friends that promote me and make me feel great in different ways and offer me advice in different ways. And I do my best to offer the same level of value to them. And I feel that that's something that everybody's got to do. I'm sure, Judy, when, when you first started, there were certain people that really pushed you to excel and there were other people that told you how hard it was going to be and reminded you that you couldn't do it. Absolutely. And, and you know, you need to have those affirmations and you need to read them daily. I mean, one thing that I have people do and the research shows this, is, this increases your self-esteem better than anything else is a victory log and you just take out a piece of paper and number one to 50 and you write down things you're proud you've accomplished. It can be little things or big things like, you know, I got a D in geometry in high school, so I still graduated. 
and and you review it daily because it shows, and this is particularly true for women, tend to review their problems. And if you review that and you have affirmations, you know, I am bold, I am strong, and it sounds silly, but research shows it works. I mean, there was a guy in the 19, I think, 20s who had his mental patients say each day in every way I'm getting better and better and repeated it 30 times a day and like 90% of them got better on their own. So what you tell yourself, what you say, what words you're speaking are incredibly important. They definitely are and Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill talks about this in a substantial way. You tend to beat yourself up. A lot of people do. They, They focus on things that are going wrong and they focus on every little thing they could do better. But when they get a success, they don't even jump up and down. They try and devalue that and by saying, oh, yeah, I worked hard for that, therefore I got it. And Anthony Robbins talks about this a lot of the time. Like you said, when you found out one of your clients floated their company and all of a sudden got all of that success up by chapter three of their book, of your book, you jumped up and down. You relished that moment because if you don't do that, you're going to hurt your success. But going back to networking, if you don't have friends that remind you of those successes when you're feeling as low as you possibly could be, then you've just got the wrong friends. Yeah, and I'll tell you, when I was younger, I used to think everybody else was smarter or, you know, I needed to learn more. And, you know, every once in a while I would notice that I thought something different and my way turned out to be right. And so I often tell people, ask three or four people, Uh, about, you know, ideas or run things past them and and make sure they're an expert at it. I mean, you don't ask just your friend, how do you put up a website or how would I find more customers unless they know how to do that. So you be careful on whose opinion that you, you listen to. When I first started going through rapid growth coaching and teaching people how to have a unified message, how to go out and find those niche markets and work on sales, the amount of people that would come back to me afterwards, and this was because I just hadn't nailed down my sales script just yet, but they'd come back to me and they would say, I spoke to my next door neighbor or the guy down the street, and he said that this was risky. So I'm not entirely certain that I want to do it. And I'd be like, okay, so what does that guy do for a living? He's like, well, he's had a job for 30 years working for a plumbing company. And I'm like, okay, so what experience does this plumbing company have in doing what you're doing? And let me ask you a separate question. When you decided to go into business for yourself, did they tell you that was risky too? Yes. Now you're successful are you glad you didn't listen to him? Yes. Okay. So do you feel that perhaps they might just say that anything that's different from what they do is risky? Oh, you might be right there. And then all of a sudden it transitioned to you've got to have people that are there telling you the right messages, but have the expertise. You know, if I'm an accountant, I should be able to give accounting advice, but I shouldn't be able to give legal advice. And there's laws against that. Yet when it's your best friend, you feel like you can give legal advice, accounting advice, (laughs) structuring IP, everything. Yes, absolutely. And and it, and it's true. You have to be careful who you get advice from and, and make sure that they, they have the ability to really help. <laughs> and that's why you do so well, because you have a Rolodex of people that you can contact and that you've helped and you've had experiences with, but you know who can help you with what, and you know who you can help and with what. And that's what networking's really about. It's about how I can help you and how you can help me, and without having that in mind that somebody's going to help you if you help them. But what, yes. I, what I want to do, Judy, is I just want to, because we're getting to the end of this episode, and I just want to really focus on one quick thing. And let's imagine for a second that I just woke up from a coma, and I hadn't made any networks in the last three years, and I really just had to start from scratch. What are the three things that you would advise that I do to start establishing my network straight away? 
you know, I would first ask you what your goal is. And then based on your goal, I would make sure that I got you in the right room. And as we talked, I think in session one, I would have you join a powerful organization, volunteer for a group that has leaders, people of influence, gravitas, money. So that would be one of the first things that I would have you do. The second or third thing is I would try to find an industry or a conference that would be relevant to what you want to do so that you could go and meet like-minded individuals like we've talked about before and get relationships established so that you can have your finger on trends, the best information, the best deal flow, the best whatever. So joining a, you know, a political organization, I would also try to find one locally in my community that had something to do with the arts because that is diverse people. It's across all different industries, usually across some geographic span. And then finally, I would think about where I could go either, either coast, east coast or west coast to get in some kind of a, a group that had national exposure. Brilliant. That's great advice. And Judy, I I know that people are going to identify with the advice that you've given because it's been hugely valuable. And I'm going to ask you where we can find you. I know that you're absolutely everywhere, really. So it's not going to be hard to find you. But if people were trying to get in contact with you, how would you suggest they do that? You know, send me an email at Judy at JudyRobinette.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter at JudyRobinette. Uh, I have a website that has lots of free resources on it and uh, free networking tips. So any of those things work great. Sounds great. I'll put all of this information down on the show notes so people don't really have to go very far. You'll just be able to click on the hyperlink and get straight to any of those. But Judy, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you hanging in with us for a double episode. I just know that the audience is going to really value the information that you've given out. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed it. So everyone, thank you very much for tuning in to Better Business Coach Podcast. If you haven't already, please take a second to subscribe and post your review with a four or five star rating. I would really appreciate it. Those reviews and those star ratings is what tells me that I'm doing a good job. So please take a second to do that. It really doesn't take long at all. Thank you very much for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Better Business Coach Podcast. Head over to matthewpollard.guru for links, recaps, and any downloadable templates mentioned in this and every show. Also, if you've not already rated our new podcast in iTunes, we'd love your support. Simply leave a review and the star rating you think worthy. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you in advance and see you next time.